Hello and welcome everybody to the Odd Topics podcast hosted by myself, Sam Doucette, and Caden Kroll. Hello. Uh, the Odd Topics podcast is going to be a collection of random thoughts, uh, arbitrary discussions, and um, political debates, we'll say. Hold on, hold on. My question is, okay, why are we taking time and just staring at the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> no one's going yeah, to be seeing us. It's not like the microphone is the audience. Yes, okay, so we're going to speak to each other yes, and let the audience yes. uh, listen. Caden himself and I are from uh, Greenwood, Nova Scotia, uh, Canada, and this is our first podcast. Uh, just to have a savings of our our daily discussions. So um, we're going to start off by talking about Caden's school life and his grades and how he feels about, um, maybe not about his teachers, but about... About uh, like the general attitude and dynamic of the school, yeah. I'd say. Okay, so what are your classes? Uh, so currently I'm taking uh, chemistry, math, English, and psychology, at least in this semester. You have psychology with Madame Marchand, right? Yes, uh, it's a very good class. Um, she's a very dynamic teacher, um, and I really enjoy the attitude in the class. Every single day, actually, we walk into class. It's very calm, unlike the hectic and stressful other classes. Mm-hmm. And we spend the do you first. Have tests and stuff. Uh, we do have tests and projects. Um, I wrote a few essays and whatnot. So I would say it's just like any other, like academic course that you would find at your school you got the regular rubric and yeah lots of theory too Um, essays yes we do do essays although very flexible and creative essays oh yeah that's good um well yeah we were actually writing an essay uh recently about jim carrey and how we can study psychology from his way of acting Uh, yeah okay um yeah and i saw this there was like this news bit where um he showed up to a pageant yeah and he basically just he went up to the camera and they were like oh it's really nice to see that you're here jim carrey (laughs) and he just explained how the whole thing was disingenuous and like he just gave his full opinion and then left oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's something he would do and we looked at his method acting especially in the 90s there's actually a netflix documentary about his time filming for the movie man on the moon Mm-hmm. And how he spent many months in the... In solitude. At, well, I wouldn't say solitude whatsoever, but I would say he was separated from who he considered to be Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And it really opened the door to what we see our, our something as being us. Because sometimes we think so deeply that our personality is just ingrained within us. Like, Samuel Doucette belongs to Samuel mm-hmm. Doucette. Caden Kroll belongs to Caden Kroll. Uh, citizen listening to this belongs to citizen listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, what you learn is that it, it's pretty crazy once you take the time to really open the doors on trying to be someone else other than yourself and you can really understand who you are um what i recommend um that we do right now is actually just go back to uh talking about my psychology course 
What would you say? Yeah. No, no. You, you, this is great. Okay. We're yeah. just talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Anyways, we walk in. Did it like bring out things in like to like? Did it bring out things to yourself where you were like questioning parts of your personality? Um, I wouldn't say it made me question or doubt mm. any portion of my personality. I know that when I go to school or at cadets. Did it make you like acknowledge I, the roots of or like? Yeah, yeah, it made me really acknowledge the roots of what makes me, me, Mm -hmm. and how I act around certain people, and whether it really is the right way to act around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would honestly say, like, when I go to school, or I am at any other important function, I always like to put on this more like professional version of me and that's Mm -hmm. something that's not only something related to me everyone does that right we always like to put on this professional image of ourselves and Mm -hmm. um i really find it sometimes a little sometimes i wish i could express myself more and i feel like around not necessarily people I don't know, but especially around people that I know very well, I actually have a harder time of expressing my true self. Because Mm -hmm. once I introduced myself to someone, Mm -hmm. whatever image they had of me... You have to maintain it. You have to maintain it, right? Because they're hanging out with the version of Caden or Sam you presented to them. Yeah. And if you actually show another version of Sam or Caden, it's you might some like throw them off. In some ways, it's a completely different person. Yeah, and a lot of people believe that once they show their true self, it's just gonna throw. It's gonna push people away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen the right parts parts of you. I don't. Like, yeah. There's parts of you that I've seen around other people that make me like, oh, I don't want to see that part of Caden when I'm hanging out with my like part yeah. that I see. And I think it was like it was kind of like that when uh we were at the same school where we both had to put on a front in class, which was like a competitive front. Oh, like yeah. Make sure that we kind of look tip-top to each other rather than just, like, you know, speaking random arbitrary thoughts like we're doing here. Yeah. You know? So, is there anything else that's going on in psychology class? like Or so, a more interesting... Oh, yeah. In psychology class, I really enjoy it because... You really get to talk about your feelings every single day in class. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I wish that would happen a lot lo- like more in my life because... Do you cur- talk as a group as well? Yeah, we talk as a group about how we're feeling and then how we can uh, deal with the situations that cause us to be feeling uh, bad in one way or another. We have like these four different categories it's actually something derived from elementary class remember this is not actually a part of the curriculum this is just like five minutes we spend before each class talking about our feelings oh yeah um so there's like people really open up like oh yeah it's quite amazing actually i'm i'm really impressed by how it is and i feel like madame marshall like the teacher for this class is like a really good uh facilitator yeah because it's not just she won't just teach you the theory. She'll really get you to, like, connect behind what ideas she's teaching you. And she always comes up with these new dynamic ways mm-hmm. of teaching. Um, 
So yeah, in general, I I find it's almost like if I, it's the equivalent to taking a nap during the day. Um, it's so relaxing. It's a really good environment. I enjoy the class. Yeah. Um, and so do I enjoy English class too. I love it exploring different facets of society and how mm-hmm. it has changed over the years. And I really enjoy how language courses really explore the fabric of society and culture as a whole through literature. Yeah. Um, Are you guys studying Shakespeare? uh, We'll be doing that, I'm assuming, later on. Right now we're actually reading The Great Gatsby. Okay. We haven't actually read it, sorry. We're just uh, getting to know what it is. Right now we're working on a project where we have to describe a certain facet of life during the 20th century. Um, so I'm talking about the Great Depression and the ensuing chaos after that. Meanwhile, other people are talking about stuff like the American Dream, uh, the Red Scare, so fear of communism in certain countries and in certain actions taken against communist movements or socialist movements in general, um, and also labor strikes and lots of things that were changing in the fabric of society Mm -hmm. um and so i really enjoy that in in uh english class i'm a i'm the type of person that loves social studies uh i love geography history etc um have you uh from how from what we last spoke of like have you reinvented what you kind of want to be studying after high school do you have an idea I'll be honest. I gotta find this in like what I want to do when I'm older, really fast, um, because I want to be certain of what I'm going to be doing. Um, you know, there's so many elements of my life that are dragging me into different portions and mm-hmm. uh, into like different like things I could be doing, um, and it hurts a lot that some of the things I'm interested in like aviation and then suddenly like politics are completely unrelated so unlike some people that may be conflicting in between two careers well at least you can go along the same sort of path of studying meanwhile if you know you can take something in the middle you mean yeah you can take something that will still keep the doors relatively open to either one. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, aviation and and politics, history, or anything of that sort, there's not really much of a... Of, there's not really much leeway in between either one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are very few courses that are related when it comes to pertinent courses for, for both studies. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that certainly is a struggle for me right now. Um, I do know that whatever I want to do, I'll try to get it through the military just because I really want that free education. And I think some of the overall benefits in the long run are worth it, even though it's, it's not exactly for everyone. I feel like in the long run, the long-term benefits of being a member of the military even if it's just for a few years will will be good for me yeah like you'll be able to study for free basically right yeah on on top of being really good at school already um and 
So, yeah, that's one of the major reasons why I'm in cadets, but I'll get to that in a later portion of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, so you spoke about English and uh, psychology. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go ahead and speak of what I'm kind of going through yeah, in my sure. classes. Um, of course, I have uh, um, Geo, or Global Geo, but in French with my father, and my father's actually a pretty good teacher, um, but course he's pretty hard on me that's funny you mentioned that because not all the time because every single kid i hear that goes into your dad's class they, they have hard times oh my gosh they always talk about like how scary he is sometimes yes. oh yeah. yeah and you know he's not skimpy to um you know give someone a bad grade so a lot of people come to me saying that they don't necessarily like my dad, or they really like my dad. Like, some people really enjoy his way of teaching. I'm sure you would. Yeah, you know? it looks... Every single time I walk into his class, I'm like, this really is the type of classroom that I would like to be in. Yeah, you know, just the other day, he we had a uh, bee's nest, like a huge one at home. And so we were, we brought it to school, naturally, because my dad brings it to his classroom. And so this huge hornet's nest, about the size of... Uh, like the size of a garbage bag, and um, he we had to put it on my lap to, on the way to school, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting in the car, and then we finally show up to the school, and I open the door, and the lights come on, and there's hornets, like, sitting on the top of the Ooh. nest, because we didn't think there would be any hornets, but they came out as soon as we got in the car, and so we brought it into class and, and then put it in a freezer later on and had them all, you know, killed. And then we, it's set up, and his class is full of things like that, and his previous years of Halloween costumes and such. Um, so yeah, I've got Global Geo with him. Uh, it's a lot of essay writing, like I said. There's When we have any presentations, we have to be writing the presentation as well as presenting it to the class. And a lot of the people in that class, because it's um, immersion, they have a little bit more drive than the, the regular student. And the presentations go really well, at least uh, mm-hmm. half of the time. Um, and then I've got English, uh, advanced English, which is actually pretty difficult. We're studying uh, Macbeth right now, and it's not the most interesting book, but uh, I've also got... Isn't that Shakespeare? Yep. Yeah. Um, then I've also got... Uh, economics, which is probably one of my most interesting courses. Um, in economics, we started a TSX um, stock exchange simulation project the other week, which is basically uh, we're buying stock from companies um, or buying shares from companies uh, at our uh, however we choose with $57,000 of um non-existent money uh and then the other day i bought shares from a weed company because it's growing a weed company weed cool. the growing weed companies uh oh of i heard wheat no. like like the stuff you make bread with <laughs> uh and what else a forestry company um because i thought the christmas boost might bring something to the forestry business um a toy company, another toy company, and a tech company. And I bought from Shopify, uh, which went down two weeks ago to one... Shopify? 
Yes. What's that? It's a company trading on the Toronto Stock Exchange, and they focus. The focus is probably toys, and then my focus was that their stock would, their stock price would go up due to the Christmas boom. You know. Yeah. Um, so, I bought. 50 shares at $153 about two or three weeks ago. And then the week after, it dropped to another it dropped another $5. And I decided to buy more. So I bought another 50 shares, which was uh, 10 grand. So 20 grand in total. And then the other day, the share price went up $13. And I made $1,600. So that was really great. Or $1,300. It's pretty good. So that was awesome. Um, Does like the teacher grade you like if you if you do well? Yeah. Mm-mm. No. It's all subjective to how you present it. So you have to present like uh, the changes weekly, week to week basis. You have to explain why there's these changes. You have to explain. Um, you have to make a a graph um, showing your portfolio value. So the changes in how much money you had. And the percentage change in how much money you had. Uh, and then also, like, how much you bought. If you sold it, if you bought it, if you kept it. Um, and then how much you gain. All that. And it goes into charts. And, of course, if you make smart decisions, it looks good. Um, and you get better grades. But it's really not. It doesn't have anything to do. Because it's completely arbitrary. Okay. Whether you lose yeah. or win. Because um, that would be, like... Does it... It relies... I'm just assuming it relies on, like, the fluctuations of the actual economy. The actual company. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, okay. You know, there were things like, um, say, Shopify has a, their quota, uh, their, um, the government sets a quota and they can't produce more than a certain amount of uh, a certain product. Their stock price might go down because people see that um, the government has something against the company or the gump or could be for example that uh the workers from that company go on strike because of um mistreatment from management uh people might uh sell out their stocks from that company and then the stock price will go down so it could be like many factors supply or demand yeah either or anyway and then uh lastly math of course because everybody has active academic math and um, I don't really know. It's kind of a difficult course. Did you start off with quadratics? Uh, no, actually, we started off really actually on a really easy start. Really? We started with uh, inferencing when and it comes oh, yes. to like problem um, solving. Um, what's the word? There's two words. There's, uh, there's like inferencing... Induction and deduction. In yeah, 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 that stuff. Yeah, so we did that as well. That was the second. Uh, my my average was at an eighty five, mm-hmm. um, and like a lot of people have that type of average, but um, I wanted to get it higher. And once we got to that one, which was the second module, yep. I was like, I'm gonna do well on this test, mm-hmm. and I got eighty. Uh, I got ninety eight on the test. That's and pretty then good. I bumped my average in ninety uh, to eighty eight, uh, but the first. The first module we had was quadratics, which was, I don't know what it would be in French. Yeah, but Les quadratiques. Is it? Yep. Okay. Did you guys do that? We're actually... It's uh, really hard. We're probably going to get into it soon enough. Yeah. Um, 
It's so hard. Are you taking Trust pre? Me, like you're gonna want to study. Are you taking pre-cal next um, semester? I have pre-cal next semester, but I'm dropping it because it's not. I, I'm not interested in doing it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, next semester, I've got yoga, French. Oh, yoga. Yeah, yoga. Oh, that's French cool. And production technology. Which oh, is, a is that like breeze? It's gonna be so easy. Next yeah, semester. that'll be fun. Yeah. So, and then chemistry. Yeah. But chemistry is just, it's going to be one hard class out of four. So you're taking four. Okay, yeah, four. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in uh, West Kings, it's, at my school, it's uh, kind of different. So you guys would have five courses, right? Right. And it um, would be every day you have four of the five courses that you have um, or something like that. Yeah. Whereas at West Kings, it's four classes uh, every single day. And then you have an hour and a half of each class. Mm. and only four classes an hour and a half yeah oh at our school it's like only one hour yeah of yeah. each or about there it depends it fluctuates but yeah about that so like here at, at west kings um you've got two classes in the morning all right an hour and a half each then a lunch uh, or a um a break 15 minutes uh and then an hour and another hour and a half a, lu- uh, a lunch and then another class and then we're off like it's a mm-hmm. short day it feels really short relatively to mm-hmm. to Rose Vivant yeah it goes by easier for me because it just feels like less time even though yeah. it's the same amount um, <clears throat> and lunches are longer so everything feels really great and there's pizza day Ooh, on Wednesday nice and they actually buy like store bought or not store bought but pizza from uh, the local pizzerias and it's like so good yeah Anyway, those are my classes. Um, next time, next we're gonna talk about school politics, which would be okay. Just in general, like uh, how does it, how is a small school's politics compared to a big school? How is the direction from Nick taking uh, into the second role of year? Uh, school uh, student committee president? Yeah. Yeah, so... Are you as are you in the school council? Uh, no, I decided Students. not to run this year. Okay. However, I do have ambitions for next year. Yeah. Um, because my schedule will be a little more open. Um, so I'm hoping I can take advantage of that and, you know, just add something else to mm-hmm. the list of what I've done. Yeah. Um, so at my school, just as a reference, so École Rose des Vins, it's a pretty small French school. Um, like 200 kids from one to grade 1 to 12. Yeah, 200 kids from grade 1 to 12, and there's probably only 22. Uh, there's yeah. four people graduating. Yeah, f- only four people in grade 12, and there is about 11 in my class. So, and that's like the entire grade 11. Yeah. So that that's just a note of how small my school is. Um, and to quote from my psychology teacher, uh, the advantage of a small school is that you know everyone, but the disadvantage is that you know everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody knows each other so well, and they know when they're oh yeah when, when you, people are faking it. You know you you get to know everyone in there. I guess you could say you get to find out a little more about a person's true nature than you would just around in a large school. Which um, is not positive, because everybody is actually pretty uh, self-centered when it comes down to it. Oh, yeah. And um, you just see that a lot more in a, in a big, in small school. Mm-hmm. 
And in a big school, there's too. There's different ways of seeing it. Yeah. <clears throat> it definitely does take a certain amount of patience at a, at a school like mine. Um, but... You're in a class where, like... I'm curious if it's changed much since I've left, but, okay. um, like, in class, do you find yourself talking to a lot of people? At my school, it's really, really social, and all mm-hmm. the time people are talking in classes, whereas at the last school, there wasn't, there just wasn't all that much of opportunity to speak, because it didn't feel like people had much interesting things to tell each other, you know what I mean? Um, so, at my school, the best way I can describe it as well is... Think of it as, like, the office, okay? Everyone is so different, but they have to spend the day together every single week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you make pretty good friends, you know, like, and you, and you really get to know them well, and sometimes it introduces you to other parts of, uh, like, different social groups, that otherwise you wouldn't have been a part of. Um, yeah, never. Because if I look at like some of the friendships I I have with people um, from Rosevance, it's people that I don't think I'd ever meet at West Kings just off the fact mm-hmm. of I'm on a certain social level and then other oh, people yeah. are on different levels. There's. It doesn't make them less or more. It's just how yeah. they, they how There's they no are. such thing as like a lesser person or a more important person at our mm-hmm. school to in in most regards um they're like i really honestly can't relate when it comes to seeing these netflix series that talk about high school life Mm -hmm. across america and it talks about the different social groups and whatnot i just really can't relate to that i've never seen people oh i think that's my cat all right never mind sorry my cat spooked me a little bit made our door creak um anyways <laughs> just making sure sam do you want to check if that's yeah. if that's my cat i don't know all right is it no i think it's just the wind okay yeah. it is a little windy outside that's for sure it's a really cold night actually we just got through like a three day snow like snow days okay three snow days yeah and this is like end of mid-november okay this Which is week... rare in 20 years we haven't had a snow day uh in november yeah so. and not only that but i don't know about west kings but at my school we had four snow days during november yeah um this and our fourth too, yeah. i don't even remember like it's been many 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 year like i don't remember the last year where we've had a snow day before christmas yeah. so that just shows you i only had one school day actually this week so it's like a almost like an early christmas break it's actually really nice oh it's awesome to yeah me it's, but um curious thing to me is i'm curious if uh people will actually start paying attention to um climate change if it takes so such a toll on uh on uh, businesses just off the f- like how many snow days there are in Canada like we haven't had this many snow days in in uh, in uh, in November but it's you know it's all coming so early and the more and more days that, mm-hmm. that people have to take off or 
lose business because of uh, the conditions if people are going to actually start paying attention to climate change because, um, you know, recently it's been shown that climate change is actually affecting the, like, snow patterns and everything, the snow cycles and everything, so. Yeah, I was, we like, during my, all right, so during the summer I went to a pilot program in mm-hmm. Weather is a very important part of aviation, and whenever you're flying, mm-hmm. you always need to know how the winds are, how you're going to make your landings and takeoffs in accordance to where the winds are coming from, what types of weather. There's all sorts of, there's like a whole different system, the meteorology too, that that is based around aviation. Mm-hmm. And one of the major topics actually, not an official lesson topic that we learned to become a pilot, but rather just an informal topic which popped up most often was uh, was actually how weather will affect um, aviation here in Nova Scotia because as we're seeing we're getting a lot more storms um, especially during the summer we're getting more tropical systems moving up and then during the winter we're getting more arctic air masses so really cold air Mm -hmm. Uh, and more, I guess you could say, just more violent storms in general. Yeah. Um, and it's it's actually when like I just small I just fly like small aircraft, right? So it it's really vulnerable to changes in weather. So um, in the long run, I wouldn't want to uh, see people miss into their entire training just because of weather. Mm-hmm. Actually. I'm just going to bring something up really quickly. Um, all across Canada, there were only a few uh, pilot training sites that were not massively de- delayed uh, this this. Uh, oh yeah, by the forest this fires. This summer, yeah. Um, out west, almost all of the young pilots had to. Uh, well, pretty much they had to send them home because there was just too much smoke and they couldn't get their training done, which is really sad. And then you see what's going on in California and whatnot, and it's really a reminder of, of how things are changing. Because that fire's been going for a while now. It's still, yeah. It's near, it's a, they said that the fire was 97% out just a couple days ago, but it's wow. still going. Yeah. And you can see the smoke from space and everything, and... That smoke really affects, well, not only aviation, but all facets of life, right? Mm -hmm. Air quality is a very important factor when it comes to life in general. Um, Yeah, it's an unseen damage of of climate change, we'll say. Yeah. So, um, I'll keep this running. So, uh, we talked a little bit about school politics. Is there anything else you want to add, or, like, things that you want to ask about West Kings? I would say, how would you characterize the current dynamic at your school? Is it going good for you? You gotta be specific. Alright, let's see. Um, there's there's pretty crazy things, like at our school there's no one who smokes, but um, at West Kings there's, um, it, there's a range between 10 to, not even 10, there's a range between 30 and 100 people outside smoking during the smoking break, and just the amount of people uh, like afflicted by addictions at our school is pretty crazy, so, I mean, that's, like, a big difference between West Kings and, um... In my school, yeah. Um, and there's things like 
people people who believe they really have privilege in uh, West Kings, they just don't get to know people and they uh, hang around and presume their popularity. Um, some people don't take them seriously and some people take them way too seriously. Like, of course, there's groups that will make it into uh, more popular just demographic in general, like uh, hockey teams and football teams mm. and such. Um, yeah. Yeah. And sports that, teams in general. Like, what he's talking to me about right now seems completely foreign in many ways. Um, because, like, we talk about popularity related to sports teams. Well, at my school, they ha- they ask you if you want to be on sports teams. Or they pay you. <laughs> really? Well, I had to um, pay a couple people at one point to get on the sports teams. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so they'll pay you, and they'll ask you, and they'll... So, already, you can see there's a really big difference. Um, one of the advantages, though, because I feel like we trashed a lot about the concept of a small school... I mean, but there are some good advantages to it, too, notably. Competitivity a little bit. Oh, yeah. You get to know how to deal with many different types of people. Um, It kind of, um, it promotes, I was explaining this to a friend of mine, it promotes uh, competitivity because I find, um, like, a friend of ours doesn't do so well at school, but even though he doesn't do that well at school, he's got this... Uh, competitive just this competitive um, feeling that we can notice that if I compare that to people that I know with kings who don't do well at school mm-hmm. there's just such a big difference Yeah, and it, you see uh, potential in people everyone in that school you, uh, regardless of if they're doing well or not because they have that competitive edge that you know that, that a little bit of passion a little bit of yeah. drive and all the teachers kind of push that as well, right? Yeah, and because people know each, know each other too well, and people who don't do well at school kind of find themselves as uh, just less popular, or looked down upon, even if it even is, if they shouldn't. Yeah, and that's a very true point. I know it was addressed a lot. Me personally, I've never actually like. I know maybe this is very naive of me, but I've never notice too much of this competitive hierarchy at at our school i know you're laughing but um and i i like i hear it not only from you i i hear it from almost everyone in our school i mean i recognize that it exists i've just never really noticed it to a large degree especially in the later grades now at a younger age of course there's there's uh well people don't exactly know how to behave around one another and often will treat people in many wrong ways that later on they'll learn that they shouldn't be treating people. But in general, I, I've never noticed too much of that problem because, mm-hmm. yeah, and at our school you get to hang out with people that are, that are doing less well in school and that are doing more well in school. So there's a really in my mind a really good blend yeah um, the so- social acceptance yeah and but one of the best things I would say from a small school in a small social environment especially in school is that your teachers 
you get to become like nearly friends with them. You know them so well, um, and because they're small classes, you really get to you really get to learn about the subject. And in almost every single class can be customized to whatever uh, whatever is needed for in order for us to learn. Yeah. Um, so in general, I find that's a good point. But at yeah, the same time, yeah, we've had teachers who have taken students. They've you know they've pushed back push push back their tests two three weeks just to make sure that they are fully prepared for a test or that they actually understand the subject rather than giving them a test before they even know. Mm. But um, I actually have found that West Kings isn't all that different. That uh, it's not too big of a school that. Mm people actually get to know the teachers pretty well. Yeah. And people, you know, in my dad's class joke around a bunch. Yeah. And there's a lot to laugh. Like, the other day, my dad, there was something revving, someone revving up their car in the parking lot. And my dad goes, so, uh, was that a female or a male? And then <laughs> people are, like, saying female or male. You know? And then there's someone, uh, a friend of mine yells out from the back of the class. He goes, <clears throat> that was a car, Mr. Doucette. <laughs> and, like, it's just that kind of vibe that there is in class. So yeah. I, that's pretty good. Yeah. So that's covered. We can move on to cadets if you'd like. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. You said that the uh, cadets seems to have... Cadets, you can kind of explain what it is in general and then specifically in aviation and how uh, popular popularity of it is all going up. Yeah, so uh, as an extracurricular activity, and really a, I would call it a supplement to the lack of social interaction that I would have at my school, yeah. I go to cadets. Um, I personally really enjoy cadets. Um, we have... Do you we, identify with the people like well there? Or? Um, I'd say I identify a lot with the people that are into aviation. Yeah. Um, and once you take like summer camps, yeah, you don't only get to interact with like the cadets in your local community, but from across the country too that are into uh, aviation or whatever sort of course it is. So I, I really enjoy how you can get to meet people that have a lot in common. Um, and like what things in common would you say in general? Well, like political things or just social behavior um i would say in general like for the beginner courses it's really anyone that can join but as you get further and further up the ranks and you can get onto courses uh like such as a pilot course it's really not just anyone that can get on and the people you meet there are really people that are hard working and very dedicated um, to what to their ambitions and they're really motivated people um, and I've met people that are into not just aviation but surprisingly a large portion were interested in social uh, studies and history and geography and politics which I found really fascinating mm -hmm. um, now usually for cadets Last year we had about, about like on a good day, like 35-ish cadets, but 
this year it jumped up to 75 and my prediction is it's only going to go higher and the reason why I believe there's going to be so many people at my squadron this is at my squadron specifically by the way there's not like 35 cadets across all of Canada but um the reason why is because we've been getting a lot of good management recently and it's been going really well the environment there is is really positive um in terms of the people leading the whole squadron um currently actually i thought this year would be the worst out of all of the years in terms of the general function of our squadron just because we lost so many people that were important to the just the day-to-day workings of the squadron but mm-hmm. it, it improved so well did you do you find like do you find there's any um uh like rowdy like military culture or like any bullying at all or anything like yeah that? I, I could see you were just itching the to, to, uh, talk for me to talk about that um i would say or is aviation like a different realm like I would say in many ways. I like, don't have any jarheads, kind of. Like the movie <laughs> Jarhead. Um, I don't know if you've seen that movie. So, at cadets in general, like I mentioned, like once you get up into the, not just aviation, but any higher level course, it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of time mm-hmm. um, to attain various courses. Because, for example... Uh, the glider pilot course is already like I think it's about fifteen thousand dollars. That's a lot of money they're investing in a scholarship for a cadet mm-hmm. for a summer, and that includes like everything they'd be doing, and it's really quality instructors they hire, not just anyone. And so it it does take a lot to get there. So it's not anyone that can get in. Um, I know. Like, my first year at a, at a cadet camp was general training, um, and I was really disappointed by the course. Um, but then, in fact, I was really seriously considering, all right, this this was time at cadets was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. But I would say I really got, uh, once I realized that there were people that did some pretty incredible things in cadets, once I got back from my summer camp and that I could do stuff like they did that that would uh, for me that was what really motivated me to continue and I believe the environment like the like the dynamic between the cadets has been really improving at our squadron um, and the relations between the staff and yeah. the people in charge and Everything in general is working better, I would say. That's good. Um, we are experiencing a few of what I would call growing pains. Just because, in general, it's getting into a larger and larger squadron, so sometimes it's a little haphazard. And the current staff of people we have are, so like- are from a period when we had like less than 30 cadets, right? So because of that, like there's like the amount of staff cadets, like people in charge for a squadron of less than 30 Mm -hmm. that are in charge of a squadron of, well, on paper over 75. 
So, yeah, sorry, Sam, you wanted to say something? Oh, no, I completely forgot what I was going to say, but... Okay. uh, What was it about? Oh, yeah, when you were saying, like, uh, 25 to 75 people, what's that for? Oh, that would be the people at my squadron itself. Okay. So, that wouldn't be, like... That would just be people that, um, in our local sort of unit, you could say, that's, that would be the amount of people there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to talk about, okay, so, like, explain to me, like, what you do when you're flying, like, they take you up, uh... Oh, when I go flying? In gliders, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm a glider pilot, so, I don't know, I fly... Uh, gliders. If someone doesn't know what a glider is, it's a plane without an engine. Sounds pretty scary, but in many ways it's actually mm-hmm. safer. Um, because at least you know you're going down and you can't go anywhere. And honestly, there's many more ways an engine could go wrong than no engine. Um, and their, desi- their air- aircraft designed to fly without an engine, too. It's not just like they took any old plane and, like, ripped out the engine, and they're like, oh, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Is uh, it heavy? Uh, actually, no. They're really, really light. Like, how much? Oof. Um, no more than, like, 100 pounds? No, like, I mean, 400 pounds? I would say, well, they weigh about a little more than 1,000, actually. Okay. That's but, like, thinking. the actual, like the like the center of gravity on the glider and where it's positioned and how it shifts around mm-hmm. are in spots where it's like really easy to control it like i could lift the wing up just by doing this well you you guys can't see but i'm really doing the equivalent of what would be lifting a moderately thick math manual uh okay <laughs> yeah odd description there you're uh, picking up like a big book. Yeah, a big and book. How, there we go. So you're saying that's how heavy the the wing is? That's what it feels like when you're lifting it. Um, okay. And you can actually... So like on either... Is it like on either side of you, you're lifting like a piece of wood or something? Like, no, you just grab onto the very tip of the wing and say you want to make it straight and level because the wings on a glider... See, they don't have uh, tires on each side or struts or whatnot, uh-huh. which keep it perfectly balanced. Once it lands, one of the wings will actually tip and hit the ground. There's a wheel, of course, to make sure it won't uh, <laughs> it won't break. But um, yeah, it's very light. And say you want to like level the wings so you can move the glider around to wherever you need it to be, mm-hmm. uh, you can get one person holding on to the wing. Uh, it's one- like. Is there a cover to your cockpit? Oh, yeah. Um, Because how are you lifting it if you're in a cockpit? I don't understand. So you would get out of the glider to move it around. But But while you're flying. No, 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 no. This is when you're on the ground. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, you're doing all of this stuff, okay? You're moving the glider around on your own time, not when you're flying. You don't get out of the cockpit to, okay, like, lift okay. or move. No, they, there's control sticks and whatnot while you're flying. Okay, that, that was what I was asking. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, my God. That would be, that'd be a little scary, though. That would be really sketchy. Okay, I thought you were just like, oh yeah, your you, arm out. So to roll the plane or to make it turn, you have to get out of the cockpit and, like, yeah. actually move on to the wing and tip it open. No, okay, okay. Don't, no, 
not like that. Um, but yeah, they're very light. And on the runway, once it's completely landed and you want to move it, if you were just by yourself, you really could just, in theory, grab the knob at the front and just start walking with it. It's nothing harder than walking a dog. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty okay. fun. So you're... So, from what I've understood, because I feel like we haven't given the context, you're... There's a bigger plane <laughs> that starts off, and you're just attached to it, like, um... By a string. Yeah. A rope. And then this rope just latches off. So in the middle of the air. Yeah, it's like you're you're literally being towed by an by a plane. Mm-hmm. Um so the plane takes off with you behind it about usually two hundred feet behind. Mm-hmm. It's actually not a thick rope which keeps the glider attached to the plane. It's it's a substance that you probably don't know. It's called polypropylene. I know that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's a polypropylene rope. Brings you up. It's basically plastic rope. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you let go of it, your glider, it'll you, j- you just pull this really big red knob in the front. Just pull it, and then you're, and then you're out of the toe of the plane. And then, and you then can the fly rope around. goes where? Get coiled back or something? It, it gets literally just dragged along with the plane. <laughs> okay. So when it lands, there's just like this cute little rope <laughs> just dangling in behind it. Yeah. Okay, so then you're you're left off with no engine, mm-hmm. dropping to the ground. Well, you I wouldn't call circles. it dropping. Are you going in circles or are you going so, like back and forth and back and forth? I mean, like, it really depends on the context, but uh, mm-hmm. in general, you don't want to stray too far from where if you're not planning on going anywhere and mm-hmm. you're not released really at a high altitude. Um, you really would just fly around the area near the runway. Like, so, would you be going like in circles? Um, it really depends on what the pilot thinks. Like, if he feels like he wants to do this, then he can do that. And okay. Do, um, and say you were going in circles. How like many circles, in circles would you near do? the runway? Yes. How many circles would you do until you were back? So, that would really depend on the altitude you were released yeah. at and your speed and a whole bunch of factors, but mostly what altitude you were at. Um I honestly would have no idea how many circles okay. you mean by this. Well, I don't uh, know, but okay. Oh, do you want me to talk about some cool maneuvers you can do? Yes, go ahead. So there's speak something you can do called a stall. So oh, yeah, yeah. A stall, if you don't know what it is, the plane, you just pull back on the stick as far as you can, and it points the nose of the glider up, 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 up until there's oh, <laughs> until there's no more lift. Where's the center of gravity again? Um, I would say it's pretty close. Honestly, I'm not too sure. What? I'd say it's close okay. to the pilot. Okay. It's pretty close to where Which the is pilot like is. 30, it was like three quarters to the front. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would actually say it's about there. Um, okay. It's in like the passenger seat in behind. Okay. Um, so you just keep pointing it up, and then there's no more lift being produced, the force which keeps the glider from falling straight down, and then it will just drop 
and then you got to recover it from that. It's actually a very safe uh, procedure if you know how to do it. Uh, oh, if you if you're foolish enough to do it in the wrong place at the wrong time, I'm I'm sure there could be negative consequences. But I have people like messed up. Um, I'm sure there has been. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, during my time at the summer course where I became a glider pilot, yeah. you know there was minor screw-ups or things that people had to redo. Would you have to pay for the plane if you crashed it, for example? No, there was insurance. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know where I put that metal pad that you gave me. You gave me a metal pad from one of those planes, remember? Actually, I think it's right there. What? <laughs> yeah, it's in my room still. Go, go see? Look, right in behind the desk there. Ah, uh, there it is. Okay. Oh, Jesus. That my foot up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Finally, we found it. Yeah, so this Maybe. metal plate he's holding is actually the thing that the glider will... Uh, what did you do to it? I put glue all over it. I don't know what I was honestly thinking. <laughs> okay. um, no questions so asked. He's talking about the skid plate, which is a piece of metal underneath the glider. So when it lands, it will the bottom of it is protected with the skid plate so when the nose drops onto the ground it won't be scratched and bruised and everything in fact um, you, you can't see it in if you're listening but the skid plate has all of the marks of when it landed which is pretty cool it's like these cool strips of of just shaved off uh, I'm assuming this is stainless steel so yeah, that's or iron the. Or something. But yeah. Okay. Um, another maneuver you can do is called a spin. So, the quickest way I can put it is you put a spin into a really, 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 really steep turn. Okay? As steep as you can, and you just go straight down like a corkscrew. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's really fun. Wow. The G's, like, they like it it works exponentially mm -hmm. so like you start it's like oh yeah 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 and then it goes like mm -hmm. um is it loud in the plane oh oh yeah like okay. you can feel the wind just roaring as oh, you're yeah. doing it and you can it, it's kind of it feels sketchy sometimes because you can like feel stuff rattling yeah. as you're doing it and oh, the wind Lord. roaring yeah um Jesus. it's really fun though it's it's the best way i can describe it uh, flying a glider is like build your own roller coaster if you're into uh, doing all of those crazy maneuvers um, what else is there oh and then this one is one the most dangerous out of all of the maneuvers that yeah. I've learned to deal with um, and it's called a spin okay the other one what did I call the no, other one no you said spin okay no sorry the last one Isn't was... There like one that sorry, you... sorry. No, I'll, I'll just make a correction. Um, so the last one was called a spiral dive. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, this one here I'm going to explain is called a spin. It's pretty scary, actually. So it shortly explained, you go into a normal turn, but it's the controls are really wonky and... 
you remember how I explained how a stall works? Mm-hmm. How you point the nose up? Sort of like that, except you're turning at the same time. Mm-hmm. The best way to describe it is it's pretty damn close to a free fall. Okay. Yeah, so you can lose a lot of altitude really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be very dangerous if that? uncontrolled. Yeah. As a, is there one where you... Is it possible to do a um, a sort of... How would you call this? Um, a loop-de-loop? Yes. Yeah? I don't know if that's the proper term for it anyways. <laughs> I think it is. Okay, yeah, we'll call it that. So... What he's describing is just you keep pulling the nose up and you just go in a like a round sort of circle, sort of like a well, literally a loop. You go backwards. Yeah. Or you go like you go forwards up, then backwards down, then mm-hmm. continue. Um, we're we're getting too much into too technical. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've never actually seen this in a glider. Okay. I'm right. sure in some high performance ones. Actually, yeah. I believe in some high performance ones you can. But so, no, wait. you don't do that usually. So how does this gliding experience, like, apply to, like, in the future, like, you becoming, um, like, a pilot? How is this going to help in so, the future? So, firstly, it's a major step if I do want to get my private pilot's license, which I am trying for this summer. Yeah. Um, also, cool fact, it counts as a school credit, and mm-hmm. you get paid for your time there, so it's, like, a summer job. A course and a pilot's license all in one. So I found a social it, relief. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's really nice. I enjoyed it. It's a really good course. Like the people there, if you screw up, they don't get angry with you. Yeah. Like they just go through what happened and and they'll help you along. It's it's very it's a very supportive environment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I know, like, many people, when they hear cadets, they're thinking, like, oh, it must be, like, really tough military stuff. But uh, it oftentimes, it's a very supportive environment. The, the would, it be people, di- would that be different in, like, I know it would be different in reserves. Would um, it be different in... Honestly, not too sure. Like, I know, I know, well, I don't know, but I've heard that there are some courses, like, in the actual military where they try to break your spirit to see how long you can last um and if the and if such tough and rigorous training is meant for you um but it's not meant to in any way to punish or make the experience harder it's sort of a psychological test yeah yeah um but if you can compete in general it's like any sort of institution they want to make sure people are happy and there's clear understanding in, in between people. Mm-hmm. And I know the military is changing a lot in the past few decades, too. Um, they're becoming more open to different... Um, well, actually, they're becoming more open to different forms of phys- like expression of... Like, physical expression. Like for, Yeah, how long do you think it's going to last for them to finally let people just have haircuts as they please? I'm going to actually say something. This is the first year they allowed in the military. I'm not sure if in the whole military, but yeah, because there are certain operations where you do uh, want your hair cut, but they actually are allowing 
people to grow or men to grow beards and mustaches now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if I wanted to, yeah, just this year it started. Um, and I know they're becoming a lot more flexible with their dress and deportment because they want to integrate, uh, integrate and accept all facets of Canadian society. They might want to attract more people as well. Right, mm-hmm. because I'm sure they don't have as much people as they'd want. I feel like I've heard that from a recruiting standpoint for the mil- military. Yeah, um, recruitment fluctuates a lot, and honestly, I'm not the expert on this stuff, but that's just what I've heard is that there was a lack. Of yeah, and I recruit, and I feel like it would be in the best interest of the Canadian military to uh, continue with such opening policies really to reflect the society it defends as well Mm -hmm. um that's true so i think it's good that they're doing this Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah, that's what i have to say on it all right that's a good talk yeah so what that's what do you Um, want to talk about we have two last subjects and then we'll we'll oh we just made it to one hour that (laughs) that's so true (laughs) okay jesus uh, so we were going to talk about some ethical business, some just uh, recent-ish news, um, starting off with um, a little bit of a moral discussion on like if we would be listening to uh, artists who have committed crimes or um, have been jailed or have spent time or are under even under investigation for crimes, um, all kinds of crimes, be it, uh, drug use, which probably isn't a big deal to any, anyone, um, or, uh, higher moral bearings, like, um, what artist could we take, for example, for rape? Oh, I know Headley had one of their oh, band Oh, yeah, members. Headley, yeah. Uh, uh, a, a band member of Headley, the Headley um, singing group. It's like um, a Canadian band. They, was, they... Uh, was arrested for, um, it was either child luring, and I think we should probably research it yeah. before we say anything, but um, specifically it was for, and we'll find out in just a second. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, 6 9 Uh, yes. Also 6 9 So, <clears throat> so, in Ottawa, a uh, woman accused a Headley singer of, um, allegations of rape, um, and he was actually charged with sexual assault. Um, so there's a lot of people who have to question, um, just like the artist um, XXX Tentacion, um, who was is that how you say his name? Yeah, Tentacion. Yeah, Ooh. who was under investigation for beating his pregnant girlfriend. Um, should we be listening to this artist's music? Um, should we be uh, supporting them if we're paying for their music? Um, we're supporting the artist. Um, pretty much directly. What was the other example? Um, Six Nine, uh, another rap artist who has already been arrested and is was on probation for using a child in a 
sexual act, a 13-year-old, um, which was on video. Um, so yeah, what's your opinion on it? Like, give me an example of your favorite artist. Uh, my favorite artist? Yeah, your favorite artist. Oof. Um. And don't give me, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm Mozart. gonna. That, wow, you guessed it. Okay, <laughs> okay um. Well, what would be my favorite artist? A recent one, just so we can... A recent one. I'm sorry, man, but I've been really not listening to recent music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been really not. I've been really not. Um, Eminem. It doesn't matter if... Okay, we can take Mozart, for example, though. Um, If you were to find out that... And I'm sure Mozart may not been... May not, just because of the generation... Uh, and the difference. Yeah, let's say in, let's say Mozart got like accused of rape, or or if, uh, it was found out that Mozart um had yeah, a he, he was like pedophile ring. Yeah, and then he was like transported the two thousand and eighteen for his trial. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, uh, would we be listening to him? Would we be burning his records? Uh, you know, I feel like there's there's got to be things that uh just off of him being in that uh, generation that he's done um, unethically uh, would that change anything that like of your listening to it like I would say so um, I honestly would feel really disappointed in the artist that was uh, in what he did and I would feel really uncomfortable listening to his music knowing what the person behind it did um i'll take an example even if it was that long ago (coughs) even if he's not alive and you're not supporting him well there certainly wouldn't be say if this happened in like 17 uh 80 something okay i mean even though that's a long time ago there would (laughs) Um, and certain societal norms were different. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if it was f- from long ago in the past where society was radically different, then no, maybe that wouldn't affect how much I would enjoy his music. I mean, there would still always... Do you just keep it in mind, or would you it, actually yeah. like, act on it? What do you mean, sorry? Would you act on it? Like if you f- So if you find out today that Mozart was um, found out to be a child lurer and spent his days uh, working as the leader of a pedophile ring. Okay. Would you would it would it stop you from listening to him? And if it was if he was existent today, uh, would you stop supporting him? Oh, definitely. If he existed today, and even if he existed well for the past century i would certainly not listen to him but okay. even at a certain point um in the past i would still really um i would always be thinking whenever i'm listening to his music mm-hmm. about about what he did um and i'll bring a more recent example um and i was watching um I was watching for a long time, and I really enjoyed the series. Um, it a series on Netflix called House of Cards. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Yes, I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. I yeah, know where you're going with this. And yeah. 
the main actor on it, Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say too much because I'm not 100% sure on what happened. But I know certainly after I learned what he did. Many allegations. I, I, just sexual misconduct. Yeah. Um, I stopped watching that series knowing what, really? what he stopped. did. Huh? You, you stopped completely. Yeah. I, wow. I, and it's... And there was always a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, you should watch it. It's a really good, like, series, and I, I wanted to keep watching it. But then whenever I saw him, mm-hmm. uh, it there was another part of me that was always reminding, like, this man did something that was not right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what really stopped me from really taking the time to enjoy the show. So even, even if... I still watched it, or even if it was still to a certain extent popular within society, the uh, House of Cards, mm-hmm. I would. There would still be a certain amount of confliction in me that would prevent me from enjoying the actual uh, performance of the mm-hmm. actors. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, here's a different question. So, okay. you've seen the movie, um, have you seen The Hateful Eight? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, it's a movie, uh, by, uh, the director, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And, um, one of the, uh, one company implicated in, uh, that, the whole creation of a lot of, uh, the movies that... Um, Quentin Tarantino has done was the Weinstein Company. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, uh, Weinstein was, or what's his first name? Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Uh, it was found out that he had a bunch of um, accusations of sexual misconduct and rape. And um, would that be, would him being the head or the face of the uh, Weinstein Company? be enough of an implication for you to stop listening to or watching uh, movies with that company implicated like would that be enough even if he's, you don't see his face in the movie or anything it's like that it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I came across I forgot what series it was but it was after it was shortly after what was revealed uh, what was becoming to be revealed about Harvey Weinstein? Um, yeah. There was a series, and about his uh, that was from his company, and I just couldn't watch it, just knowing the what was going on. Um, mm. With is he in charge of the company? Uh, he was just the face of the company. Well, just uh, the fact that one he face was of the company. Yeah, just the fact that he was the face of that company. Or maybe one of the founders, I can't remember. But. Made me a little, I would say, uneased when I was watching it. Because mm-hmm. I, and I saw... A lot of times, it's hard to tell, I mean, and there's no, there wasn't any proof for this case specifically, but a lot of times, if there's someone in a work environment and has been accused of these things, there's a lot of times that the people who work with him have just... Uh, held back from saying anything like even mm. Quentin Tarantino himself said he'd heard a lot about it and he didn't speak up until he was until it was exposed mm. so that for me was like mm. 
because I really like Quentin Tarantino's movies, yeah. and it's hard to see that. But um, I understand where he came from in another light. So um, there's that. Uh, and then there's really closer examples like Tentacion, where um, a lot of people listen to his music, and um, not long ago he died. And there was this debate between some people who uh, understood that he was being celebrated as a musical talent, but uh, couldn't agree with the fact that people were celebrating him uh, as his person and like who he represented mm-hmm. just because of the things he did. And I'll repeat, it was there was uh, examples of uh, Battery with his uh, pregnant girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of this had gone to trial yet. It was supposed to go to trial, but did not happen. Um, so for me, it was kind of my moral, uh, standing on that was that, uh, he shouldn't really be celebrated, um, even though he had died and this is all in the past, um, he shouldn't really be celebrated because of these things. Um, but I do enjoy his music and I'll still listen to it independently of the, just because of, uh, its sound and yeah, the it's good music. come out of it, um, just irrelevant of what he's done um but not to celebrate who he is and yeah it's kind of a hard debate uh now that he's lost his life but um yeah Mm. uh i mean that kind of goes over what we want to talk about there uh we can finish off by talking about the black james bond oh yeah uh so this was a recent well semi-recent uh, within the last month, there was uh, two months, I guess. There was this talk of, jeez, um, what's his name? Idris Ilba, or Il. Is that his name? Uh, gosh, what's I gotta find out his name. It's Ildr- Idris. Idris Ilba, is that it? <laughs> Just a second. Yes, Idris Elba. Okay, Elba. so Idris Elba. Uh, people were speculating that he might be cast for the next James Bond movie because the previous one uh, just wasn't interested anymore. And of course, every every uh, couple of movies, uh, they switch out the main actor for another one. But this time, they're moving to a black actor. Da da da, and a lot of people were frazzled. Because of it being a black da- actor saying that it just wasn't how it was written, mm. or it wasn't how uh, it wasn't supposed to be like that, uh, and then a lot of people, of course, like uh, in my opinion, saying that it just did did not matter. Mm. It was not about the person being uh, who it was originally. It's about <clears throat> the badass who runs around and saves people, and it really has nothing to do with race. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about that? Is there any justification to people getting mad about it being a black actor? Uh, me personally, I, I honestly am totally for it. If they want, uh, like, honestly, if it's a black person performing James Bond, if it's someone else that wants to be James Bond, then sure, it can be whoever they want to choose as a company. Um, me, honestly, I don't honestly care for who it is uh 
Mm-hmm. I just want to see the scenes and the fights. That's all that as long matters. As a good actor as well. As right? long as it's a yeah, it's the it's the movie that counts in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like the actual quality of the movie. Yeah. Um, and and you know there was, uh, there was people comparing it to um, other movies. Like if we take for example, like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. People would say, like, oh, Harry Potter, there's just no, he can't, he couldn't be black because it's just how it was written to be in the, in the book, right? And you have to, like, James Bond comes originally from book, of course, so it has to represent, uh, how it was supposed to be at the start, Mm -hmm. but, um, to me, it's just, it's completely irrelevant, and at this point in 2018, can't believe that we're still bickering about these small things that, um... Oh, yeah. If we compare them to bigger issues, just like, have no... Yeah, exactly. To be honest, like, during my daily life, that would be one of the least of my priorities. I'd actually like to see about, him. Like, I'd like to see a black actor take on that Yeah, job. I think it would be new, and it would be something which would almost turn... it. It's It turns heads, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a change, right? And it, I think it would get. It's just it would another make, move get the for, attention social, of for the people, social. Right? Yeah, it's just another move for uh, the social acceptance of, and you know, just the movement of uh, perfectly good equality for everyone, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I'd say that's a good uh, note to end on. A uh, note of agreement. Hopefully, in our next podcast. Me and Caden will bicker a little bit. Oh, yeah. Bring in a little spice. Um, so thank you for anyone who's listening this first episode yeah. of the Odd Topics podcast. Um, we'll see you again whenever yeah. the next time me and Caden get back together. Yeah, yeah. So just for now, you know, just... Share with your friends. Yeah, share with your friends. Talk about how great this great new podcast is. <laughs> and uh, if you made it this long into the podcast, we appreciate your attention. You have passion. <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have persistence. Yes. Um, and just chicken on in life and good luck. Thank you very Thank much you. for watching. <laughs> All right, there.